<clears throat> Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again for the TB Toy Cast. My name is Brian, and joining me as always is my pal Jeff. Jeff, are you ready? talk some toys today I'm ready to talk some toys i'm ready to talk some mousetrap but i was thinking if you listen to the beginning of the show the intro it's crusty saying travis and breaker we should have like some generic sound go over and go tune and breaker you know stuff like that. <laughs> just yeah. have some generic sound <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a little inside baseball here that guy that recorded it does a lot of cartoon voices Oh, wow. I, f- I found him on an app called Fiverr. If anyone doesn't know, or ad- app, I say it's a website, Fiverr, F I V E R R. And essentially, what it is is like a voiceover place. You you find all these guys that do different things and you pay them a certain amount of money and a certain number of words, and he'll make like, like that an intro for you. I can't find him anymore. Oh. And I was because, t- <laughs> and you'll appreciate this because I was actually going to redo a new intro like every you know, year or so. Uh-huh. Um, and my, my idea for the second one was going to be uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and like he does, I know he does a lot of the Simpsons people. Basically he told me the ones he can and can't do. Uh-huh. And um, I remember he said like anyone that's kind of got a deeper voice is fine. Like he could do the family guy characters. Um, he can do the, most of the Simpsons, Beavis and Butthead. He had a whole list. And I was like, man, I think it would be awesome to do Beavis and Butthead, Homer, Ned Flanders, you know, like the whole, <laughs> the whole gambit. Hank Hill would be a great one, but I can't find the guy. So I need to uh, do some research on there because I may have to do a Beavis and Butthead one. Who knows? So I actually saw one of those Instagram reels and he goes, I, he said, I paid somebody off of Fiverr to make a song for my grandma. And next thing you know, it's some rap dude. And he goes, your grandma's dead. And it's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah it's an interesting website not necessarily throw a plug at them or anything but like you can do songs i think they even do like people that do graphic design work oh so so if you need something like that done that's the way to go like we actually on breaker mage power hour have a voiceover guy Mm -hmm. that's like that talks if people don't know who that is that's a guy that does that and so they have the guy that does like the um you know, the movie trailer vo- voice, you know, in a world, yep, you know, that, yep. that guy. And then there's a bunch of different ones. So the guy that I found that did the uh, cartoon voices, I, I asked for Krusty the clown. I kind of wrote out what I wanted. He absolutely nailed it. Like my biggest thing is I really wanted the, <laughs> I really wanted the crusty groan and he totally got what I was going for. And to me, I, I felt like putting it out there like oh great that's another podcast with a bunch of nerds talking about toys (laughs) enjoy the show like i thought that would be like perfect for what we're not trying to take it too seriously it's supposed to be about fun Uh and and hopefully people enjoy it which i felt like he captured very well so fiverr finding people on fiverr is better than finding people on reddit to write your resume huh I would imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not to discount the fine people over at Reddit, but I would imagine. (laughs) Air quotes, fine people over at Reddit. Yeah. Uh, Funny story about Reddit. There's a guy I work with that was all over Reddit because apparently you can find a lot of porn on there. Yes. Now we're going to a deep, dark circle, but okay. (laughs) Uh, I remember he was talking. He's like, hey, you, uh, 
he's from Pakistan, so he's got a bit of an accent. He's like, you like uh, naked pictures? And I look at him, he goes, not of me. And I was like, well, thank God, because that's not what I'm after. <laughs> and so he just started sending me stuff. I was like, dude, stop. Like, there's plenty of porn out there I can find on my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, I, oh, you can come to me just in case, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we had fun with it. But um, Mousetrap today, man, this will be a fun main event. I, I do like to do this on the show every now and then is throw out a uh, – a main event of something that's just kind of unique and different. And I felt like um, Mousetrap as a board game was the classic board game. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a little bit last week, but this was like the game most people had that no one ever played, or if they did have it, they never had all the pieces. Yeah. The losing pieces was that will come up later on when we do discuss it. Um, setting it up was also a, a hassle. Yeah. Again, we'll get into that later on when we do go into the Mousetrap board game. But I don't have fond memories of it because nobody ever wanted to play it. Whenever I went over to people's house, Scott and I never had it. So we never played it. But when we would go over to friends' houses, they would be like, "Uh, I want to play video games. It takes too long to set up, you know, just stuff like that. So next thing you know, it's like, oh man, I wanted to play mousetrap, but okay, cool. We're playing Mario or double dribble or tech mobile or something like that. Dude, you brought me back with double dribble. Oh my god! <laughs> I've got to send uh, you. I got to send you a Family Guy clip of double dribble. I'll send that to you. Fantastic. So, I, I one thing I was going to ask you about. I know you bring up Nintendo a lot, but you're not a current day gamer. Correct. Do you, do you still have like? Do you still play Nintendo? Do you have any way to do that? Or no, I, unfortunately, I don't. Um, what's cool is some some of my friends have the old school systems. You remember how they would put out those old ones? But it's mm-hmm. like. Hey, here's a miniature Super Nintendo or a miniature That's like 30 games. Yeah, exactly. I loved F Zero on the Super Nintendo. I love. Oh yeah, that's a fun and one. Going to Nintendo, I played so much Excite Bike. I played so much Kung Fu. I played so much RC Pro Am. You know, just so many games on Nintendo. And then you fast forward to Sega Genesis. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Exactly. Then you go over to Sega Genesis, and it was all about the EA Sports games for me. It was all about NHL. It was all about Madden. It was all about FIFA soccer, rugby even. I played rugby, dude. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what point did you get out of games? Because I know you're not a gamer. Scott still is, from what I understand. Yep. Um, I, I've kind of fallen out of it, too. Like, I have a Nintendo Switch. I can't tell you the last time I even turned it on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this day and age, if I need to, like, chill, it, video games is not that. It, if I do play, it's like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I do have this retro pie console, which is really fun where it's got all the old games on it. And that's really cool. But Mm -hmm. as far as current day stuff, not a lot, but like, what point did you get out of gaming? I can tell you exactly when it was 2007. Really? Uh, It was 2007. So it was almost like I hit my wall and it was with Madden. It was about 2006. It came out. And right as the Xbox started to go to what was after the first Xbox three, 360. It was about the time 360 was starting to come out. And I don't know what it was, but I just hit that wall. I didn't want to play Madden anymore. I didn't want to play. Uh, Scott and some friends were trying to get me to play SOCOM, if you remember SOCOM. Mm-hmm. I do remember SOCOM. We were, they were trying to get me to play SOCOM, and I played a little bit, and I just that was just it for me. PlayStation 2, and then when the 360 and PlayStation 3 started to come out, it was almost like I was like, 
you know, I'm good right now. And mm-hmm. I tried to get back into it with some wrestling games on the 360 in around 2009, 2010, but it just wasn't happening. If you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Um, it's, it's crazy. Like I can, I have a Nintendo 64 still mm-hmm. and I can, I can, you know, every now and then turn on like no mercy or WCW revenge. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. But yeah. for the most part, it's, there's never been like, Oh man, I got to play some games. I'm, I'm just kind of out of it. I know I work with some guys that are hardcore gamers where uh-huh. they'll get off work. That's all they do is play games. And I'm just yep. like, that's, that's too much for me. But I think it, it, it's cool to have those options. It's just, I'm at a point now because I've been out of it for so long. I look at the stuff they have and I'm just like, I don't even understand this. Well, the thing that's difficult for me to understand is I come from the generation of, I bought a Nintendo cartridge. I'm going to pop it into my Nintendo console, drop down the lid, press the power button and it comes on and I can start playing. Now you have games where it's like, oh, this needs to update your system for 45, 50 minutes, even maybe even an hour and a half, depending on your internet connection. And it's like, I just want to play, you know, it's I not don't fun. Wanna... right? Yeah. Now I'm wasting an hour and a half. So I'm going to go to the gym, come home. I've got to work on something else. So there goes the hour and a half that I planned on playing with this game, you know? So exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a different time. Um, but like I said, I I've always enjoyed the, the old school games are always kind of, they, they always kind of bring back fun memories. Oh um, yeah. I'll tell you this week on the show is going to be a little bit different because we're at that post San Diego comic-con where everything kind of slows down, right? Like mm-hmm. everything gears up to SDCC and then it all kind of just slows down. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I'm starting to see some more stuff um, at the, at the stores though. I'm seeing a lot more of the, um, the first thing I noticed is a lot more of the TMNT mutant mayhem figures. Have you spotted these at Walmart? And Target sure, yet? sure have. Those are beautiful. Tons of them, right? Yep. What are your what are your thoughts on these? Like, I think they look great. They, um, but they're definitely they're not the original playmates, obviously. But they are, but they are fun for what they are. They are cool. They are really cool. Um, I I admire the Teenage Mutant Ninja T- Turtle stuff. In fact, uh, just getting back from Colorado last night, Friday night after we went and got some German food, we hit up three Targets and no, sorry, I apologize, three WalMarts and two, one Target. And I saw turtles everywhere, especially NECA turtles. Now, I don't know if you guys see those a lot out in your area. Starting to, yeah. But there was a ton of them. And it's hard to believe like three years ago, those were difficult to find. You couldn't find any NECA turtles on the shelves or whatever. And now I'm seeing them all over the place. Do you find it weird? I mean, I I don't know if you're the biggest turtle fan, like you were saying, but like now it's like there's one that's like, short thug tall gangster that's one of the two packs yeah something like that i'm (laughs) like man that's not a necessary set at all like we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel which i understand for the completionist you want to put out everybody but i'm like are people going to spend 60 bucks on that set i don't know well to kind of go back to when i was in denver there was one it was a it was like a robot cop Mm -hmm. and I was like, who is this character? Like, right. I have no idea who this is. And the other one that they had a ton of was one that looked like a battle toad. Yes. And I was like, who's this? Like, I'm not recognizing a lot of the characters that NECA is dropping right now. They're they're starting to go into the, like, you know, initially it was great because it was like the four turtles and, you know, four villains and they do Bebop and Rocksteady. That's a, that's a home run. That's a layup. Yeah. Two of my favorite characters. Um, you know, then like Splinter and Baxter Stockman comes out. That makes sense. And then, you know, April and a robot foot soldier, Casey and a robot foot soldier. Like, okay, I'm with you. I get all this. And then they start kind of, you know, 
then we start diving into the lesser known characters, which is fine for the completionist. But now we're going into guys that we don't even know. Yeah, it is a bit much. It's it's starting to lose a lot of the loose collectors like, oh, I'll pick up some turtles people. But then when you start going to deep dives like that, you're like, who? (laughs) What the hell? But. You know, there are the hardcore collectors that are going to pick up anything and everything. And then there's also the fans that know those characters and they're just like, oh, my God, they have the robot cop or whatnot. And they're just, right. they can't wait to get it in their hands. Uh, and I know a guy out here locally who's really big into the NECA figures. and he's, He goes nuts anytime he sees the new ones, mm-hmm. has to grab them all. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But I mean, I feel like but I feel like that with almost any collection, like um. I was listening to an episode of Fully Posable last night while I was at work. And... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> those guys suck, dude. I don't know why you would listen to that stuff. <laughs> uh, but but Scott brought up something that it was like, man, he's talking like from my soul. He was like, I don't know if I'm going to slow down on GI Joes. He's like, there's a couple of them I'm going to pass, and I, and I feel like that's because they made so many. Mm-hmm. You don't need everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so they make shipwreck and they make rock and roll. You're like, okay, I definitely want those guys, but do I need, you know, every variant of every main character? Probably not, right? So now, now you're kind of getting to that point where it's like, okay, they've had so many characters. It's been out for like three years now. We can slow down a bit, I guess. And I yeah. feel like with uh, NECA Turtles, we're at that point too. Marvel Legends certainly got to that point with me where I'm like, who else do I need? You know, like, now it's just variants of Iron Man. Like, do I need every version of Iron Man? No. Mm-hmm. So I feel like any toy line that can kind of happen where you kind of just get to the point where like, oh, AEW, I kind of feel like that. Like, unless it's like someone I really want, I'm like, mm, you know, I don't need every character that they're putting out. Yeah. Uh, going to the AEW talk, the uh, the Supremes, I'm going to probably pick up all of them as of right now. But a lot of their figures, like you said, I can pass on quite a few yeah. of those. So I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, I do have to go back to a story last week. And if you guys listened to last week's show, I told you about my Hardy boys fan girl scream when I oh, found yes. them at KB toys. So we were in Denver and one of my coworkers was looking for a dragon ball Z Goku figure made by SH figure arts. Okay. So he was on big bad toys store at about two o'clock on tuesday this past week big bad toy store had that goku figure and he's like oh i need to get this this is the one i've been looking for so he put it into his cart well 1 30 to 2 o'clock excuse me 1 30 to 3 o'clock is a big rush for us because everybody's trying to get their last minute uh medical stuff in basically long story long he missed out on a big bad toy store in that hour and a half sold out because he didn't get a chance to go to checkout and purchase the figure in that hour and a half that goku figure was gone so we go to denver this past week and we're we go to our last target he goes straight for the aisle that has all the dragon ball z figures the neca figures that little section like the collectible section yep i head over to the wrestling figures as always and so we finally meet up with eric and he's holding his goku figure and he goes did you guys hear me scream (laughs) <laughs> and i was like did you let out a fangirl scream he goes i did i was like dude i love you man <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome he found his goku figure they only had one left he was man. on cloud nine because he had been wanting this figure for a while and he was able to get it in denver so but it, what's funny is his son told him he goes oh you got the goku figure i can take figure photography with it 
And Eric goes, well, I guess I'm taking it out of the package now. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you can find another one down the road. Exactly. Man. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. Like how something sells out online, but you can find it in a store. And what's interesting about like any toy line, and I'm sure Dragon Ball Z makes sense for me because I'm not a big fan of Dragon Ball Z. So I wouldn't even know to look for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But to him, it's a big deal and it sells out and he's like, oh my God, I found it. It's, it's crazy. Like. I don't know if you've seen the Hot Wheels guys at Target. Oh, yeah. And like I remember, because I hear they're pretty uh, pretty confrontational at times. 100%. Like I remember, because my my Walmart, I don't know, or I'm sorry, my Target, I don't know how yours is. The wrestling figures are on one side, Hot Wheels on the, on the other side. Yep. Same. I just walk down the aisle. The guy like mean mugs me, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, this side, you know, we're the side of the fence here, pal. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but again, that's what's so interesting about it is like, how many times have we passed up like valuable Hot Wheels because mm-hmm. we just didn't know or mm-hmm. didn't even look, right? I still it's, don't know what a treasure hunt is. I don't either. I, I've never dove into that. That's I, we, I've wanted to cover Hot Wheels on here before, but I'm afraid we would probably get a lot of like negative attention because I'm like, no, I'm I'm covering it from my perspective as a kid of just I wanted to have cool cars. Yeah, that, that's all I was after, right? Like, yep. I remember they had like a shark mobile when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I got to have that. That's awesome. You know, like, <laughs> I just liked having toy cars. I just thought it was fun. Well, the Hot Wheels, in fact, this just happened, I should say. I don't know if you remember, but like I made a comment about them making a Jetsons figure or a Jetsons uh, toy oh, a yeah. few weeks back. They actually made it, but it was seven bucks. And I'm like, do Ugh. I really need to pay seven bucks for a Jetsons Hot Wheel little miniature car and i'm like yeah uh it's just kind of a little much but you know what i haven't seen it since well and like hot wheels has done some stuff and i'm sure you've seen like the disney cars and things like that that they have and i'm like yeah those are cool but they're like five or six dollars like you said and it's like man hot wheels are only like a dollar each like that seems like a massive markup Mm -hmm. but i'm sure that's like with anything and they go after the collector market yeah exactly so um post sdcc like i said not a lot of not a lot of news is going to be coming out in the next probably week or two but do you feel like in a way that it would be better to for companies to kind of wait after sdcc to announce stuff since simply because it's an overload of information it would be so easy to miss something like yeah. like today if a company's like hey let's announce something everyone's going to be sharing it because that's the only news coming out today. I've always wondered that. And I'm not a marketing guy or anything. It's just kind of something I've always thought about. Well, you can look at it two ways. You can either A, do it after and get a little bit of hype or B, they're looking at, or the collectors are like, oh man, it's another thing I have to buy. And I just spent yeah. $5,000 on pre-orders you know, right. uh, from SDCC. Or do they go, or do they drop it about a month early before SDCC to get a little bit of buzz because all the other toy makers are ramping up for SDCC. Right. I'd be interested to see which one actually works. I would probably lean on the side of probably doing it a month prior to get a little bit of buzz and then have it be that buzz for about a couple of weeks. And then hopefully nobody forgets about it and then just goes into SDCC. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I actually I was on a group, Facebook group, and I don't remember which one, but they announced that Power Town was in the group. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to fire a question at them just to see what they say. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, got all the figures. I love them. They're great. Uh, I was like, do you have any news on when we will hear a Series 2 announcement? 
and they responded back to expect to hear um, or see more on the Remco line first, and then uh, that will be followed by announcements for Series 2. And then, of course, they plugged that the Cardona Myers two packs currently up for pre order. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so which is kind of that goes in line with what you said. Like they'll probably do the Remco's next because they already announced the lineup, and then they'll probably do a series two. So did they give um, a did they give a time frame out of curiosity? No, it said it said stay tuned essentially, which is uh, you know it is what it is. Hopefully soon. Like I would like to see. Obviously, we know the series two or some excuse me the series one lineups for the Remco's. I'd like to see some some you know, pictures of that at, at mm-hmm. some point. And then hopefully they'll do it as series two announcement, you know, for power town that they're pretty soon thereafter. I'm looking forward to seeing those Remco guys. I think everyone's excited for that with, with the superstars figures. And then with the uh, asylum all-stars, they could really make this a lot of fun. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're all relatively congruent to one another. And hopefully they come with belts. I would imagine they would. Power Town seems to be that's their thing is belts and accessories. So I think that'd be great. Also, another thing I wanted to go back to last week, you brought up an idea about ultimate retros. Mm -hmm. And I listened back to the show and I started thinking about it a lot more. Like, you know, that's not really a bad idea. Now, my question to you is... I know it's a financial burden for sure. I get that. But my, my whole thought was like with Zombie doing ultra details on his uh-huh. people are into it and i could understand being like well no one will pay x number of dollars for a retro figure but they are so maybe mattel dives into that a little bit so my question to you is and this was your idea would you eliminate the retro line altogether kind of like what they did with the he-man line and then just focus mainly and we'll use mattel as the prototype eliminate the he-man line and go straight to the superstars so like with these would you eliminate the retro line and go straight to ultimate retros no, I wouldn't. I would do both. I would okay. do like retros and ultimate retros, essentially like a basics and elites. Okay. Because not everybody would need the ultra detail, right? So if they're like, say like, okay, the new wave has big John stud, mm-hmm. relatively basic figure, right? He wears right. white tights with stars on them. They could have the robe, I guess, which would be kind of fun or like the sack of money from WrestleMania one would be kind of fun for accessories. But to me, it would only be people that like need the detail. Like, mm-hmm. so we got a retro Bret Hart and the second Mattel creations way, but it's Hart foundation. So it's basic mm-hmm. to me where I think this could come in is give him like the paint splatter paint job, give him multiple heads, give him the jacket. That's where you can make these better. That's, okay. that was my idea, but it doesn't, you don't have to do it for everybody, right? Like not everybody needs the detail. Not everybody needs the accessories. So I would leave some as regular retros and some as ultimate retros. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, I started to think about it. I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I just have a couple of questions as follow-up for it because it's one of those things like, are the people, I guess if they don't want to spend the money, they can just get the regular retros and call it a day. But if there are people that are gung ho wanting these ultimate retros, maybe even give like for Harley race or something. If he were to yeah. come give him the robe, give him a small, right. a small robe. There you go. That makes it a little bit more detailed. It has ultimate and give him an extra head too. If you want. Right. Or like if, if they, I don't know if, if Mattel has rights to Ric Flair anymore. I, I don't think they do. I don't think they do because he's signing with like, you know, the, the majors and stuff like that. But let's say they got Flair again. And they make a retro flare, which the retro flare was great. Mm-hmm. 
but they're like, oh, we'll put a robe on him. But not only that, we'll include an extra robe. So you get two robes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun to me. Do long hair, NWA style, short hair, WWF style. Yep. Now it's like a two in one. So that would be my idea. Make it a little bit more expensive, but it's still competitive on the market for what they have. Mm-hmm. And that to me, like that's what the ultimate edition is, right? Like, yeah, it's more articulation, but essentially it's more accessories. It's more heads. It's you, you get a lot more for what you're doing and the superstars figures. And that's kind of where the idea came from. A lot of them are becoming a two in one, mm-hmm. right? Like you, like we just saw the Andre, which you mentioned is probably a, a hair piece. So mm-hmm. you get old, old school Andre, and more 90s or late 80s Andre with the one strap so that to me is um is kind of my my thought on it but okay I think it's I think it's cool you know like that we're still getting the retros I think you know the four packs have been really good for Mattel creations they seem to be a to be doing well it's just it's becoming a competitive market now because there's so many retro companies out there yeah when you mentioned it last week and I started thinking more and more about it after listening to the show I thought that's actually a really good idea I'm just afraid of the sticker shock for a lot of the collectors nowadays yeah. because that sticker shock is hitting everybody across the board, whether it's Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends, one of the worst, you know, <laughs> one of the worst yeah. at raising the prices. Um, figures in general just going up, unless you're at Target and you're finding figures for cheap. Yeah. It's, because clearance. Yeah, exactly. It, it is sticker shock is a deal. Think about Ultimate Edition, though. When those hit, I'm mm-hmm. like, no way i'm not spending 30 dollars on an action figure are you out of your mind like Mm -hmm. now that's like the main mattel line i i enjoy Mm -hmm. it is what it is right it's it's just kind of par for the course unfortunately things get expensive that's just the way it goes well and like what's funny going back to the ninja turtles mutant mayhem figures they're like ten dollars each right Mm mm-hmm it almost feels like, wow, that's so cheap <laughs> because everything else is so expensive. And I don't know. Have you seen the four pack that they did where they're all in costumes? No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Well, actually, one of them's even in Star Trek gear, which is kind of fun. Oh, uh, wait. Yes, I did. I actually sent that over to uh, my friend who is a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. And that that four pack's only 30 bucks, man. That, that's been like, I don't know. I kind of want that. Like, because the, I'm not, a, I don't know if I'll like the movie, the animation styles, not really my cup of tea, but. Mm-hmm. Still seeing that, I'm like, that's really cool. And then being a little bit cheaper kind of makes it, makes me want to get them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's um, a lot of cool stuff. I did get one thing in the mail um, Ooh. this week. I got my roadblock figure from Rush Collectibles. And I, dude, I dig it. And it's no, no secret. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Sal over at Rush Collectibles. And um, oddly enough, I ordered roadblock in from Asylum. Mm-hmm which was, you know, a distributor for, for rush collectibles. And I was supposed to get roadblock and Larry's Abisco in the red, like the maroon red. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, Larry wasn't in the package, but asylum is a great website. I emailed them and I kind of told Sal what was going on. He goes, Hey, well, if they don't make it right, let me know. I'll see what I can do. And I'm like, Oh, I appreciate it. So I emailed them. They're like, sorry, we'll get it shipped out. Here's and they sent me a tracking number this morning. So oh, perfect. So it's on the way, but dude, the card, looks great on roadblock and roadblock is one of those characters like it's no secret i love goofy gimmicks mm-hmm. i always have i remember roadblock from wcw saturday night like why is this guy coming out with a barricade on his back like, what is going on <laughs> but dude he i haven't opened it but it looks awesome it, of course it's got the barricade accessory he's got like the road closed 
mm-hmm. and like the the white lines down his legs. It's it's a cool figure, man. I'm digging it. I I understand people are kind of retroed out. I do understand that, but I dig what Rush Collectibles is doing, and they announced Series Two is going up for pre order August 11th. His Series Two is excellent. Being a huge AMW fan, America's Most Wanted. Yes, I am so excited for those figures. I will be pre ordering those. Um, yeah, I will definitely be getting Joel Gertner because Joel Gertner. I don't know, dude. There's something about that ECW early. Well, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> There's so many sayings we could go into, but oh yeah, <laughs> like one where he's all last night the man who impregnated your mother, and he points to some girl in the crowd or some guy in the crowd. That was, dude. Wasn't he? He was the highlight of those ninety late nineties ECW pay per views. Oh well, him and Bubba both were because Bubba would go off script and. Oh yeah. Yeah, get a little. uh raunchy but uh a little bit yeah it was great though we loved it (laughs) oh it was awesome yeah series two obviously has america's most wanted joel gertner and then mil mortez from like uh lucha underground fame i feel like series two is a stronger lineup than series one in my opinion i will agree with you 100 percent. and i could see if people are like picking and choosing but that would be one for me it would be hard to decide where to where to not go like okay who do i leave out if i was going to because joel gertner not a wrestler but he's such a toyetic person Mm -hmm. and i'm really and i don't know this for i don't know if he's doing this or not i would imagine it's on the docket but i'd love to see joel gertner in the uh, ecw line as well Mm -hmm. because he would go great with that line because like we obviously never got managers or anything like that from uh original san francisco toy maker so it'd be cool to get um, characters like that in the line and also, don't leave out Mo Moretes. I mean, yeah. Lucha Underground was one of those shows that, man, I don't want to say it was underrated, but I think it was underrated. I It was so good, and it was revolutionary with a lot of the stuff that they were doing from storylines to uh, the way the director would shoot stuff. It was fantastic. It was it was ahead of its time in a lot of, in a lot of ways. That's the best and- way to say it. But it, it, I think there was also a lot of controversy on it, how they did some of their contracts and things like that. So there was, I think it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, unfortunately. But for it, for what it was, I thought it was a really cool thing. It's a shame they never pushed for figures or anything while it was on the air, because mm-hmm. I think that would have been, that would have been wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do any of that. So I think that kind of hurt them overall. But it was also, you know, that was the first time you saw a lot of these guys on a nationwide scale. And at that time, there was only two companies making wrestling figures. Yeah. And it was FTC and Mattel. Well, we knew Mattel couldn't do it. So a lot of people were looking to FTC saying, hey, and this is stuff I saw, and I'm not bashing FTC, but a lot of the people were like, hey, we're not fans of your figures, but can you get the Lucha Underground line? We'll buy mm-hmm. Prince Puma. We'll buy yep. John Morris, whoever it may be, Mil Muertes. Yeah. And- or the uh, Lucha Brothers. I mean, they were there. Exactly. On, and, and that was the first time I'd seen either of them, you know, so Vampiro's another guy. So it's definitely, it definitely would have been a good thing to get figures at that time. So mm-hmm. it's cool that we're writing that wrong now, I think. Yeah. Good way to start with Mil Mortis. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Rush also, you know, they have the, uh, the monsters that are going to be coming. I think he, he told me they're going to push that back till like October when it's really more like Halloween time, which I think makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then probably the ECW figures after that. But I think, I think it's cool. Rush has got some cool stuff happening. So I'm excited for him. 
Yeah, I keep seeing his uh, whatchamacallit on Instagram, Instagram stories, his uh, mm. pr- his promos for it. And a lot of you've seen the card art for AMW. You've seen the figures for AMW. Dude, how good was that card art for Chris the Harris? Car- card art is fantastic. Whoever the artist He's was. Do- Sal's doing that himself, he told me. Oh, kudos to Sal. He is doing fantastic work on that card art. So anyways, he's got me locked in for series two. Yeah, Sal. So I, I don't know if he wants me to say this, but I'll just throw it out there. Yeah. He, I, I can because he's commented. Sal's actually designed some of the micro brawlers too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I, I posted one of uh, this franchise Shane Douglas. He goes, "That's another one designed by Rush." And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I know he, I know he designed One Man Gang and a few others. I'm like, that's really cool, man. Like, so, so Sal's doing some cool stuff over there. I'm glad he's got this line going. I think it's one of those things he was catching flat because the figures weren't in hand, mm-hmm. but, and, and I'm sure being a new company and anyone can get this like he can't control how quick a factory makes them, how quick they ship them. And, you know, there's going to be issues in anything. So, but they're in hand now. I'm excited for it. Uh, my Jonah rock is, should be shipping soon. And then uh, my uh, Larry Zabisco is, is shipped. I'm hopefully going to get it this week. So nice. I'm digging it, man. I dig what they're doing. It's one of those things when a new company sprouts up like that, they immediate, and when I say they, people on the X now, uh, immediately start hitting the panic button. Oh, this isn't going to fly. This isn't going to work. It's like almost like they're already against it when they're like, hey, we're going to make so-and-so. And it seems like a lot of the collectors are like, oh, this isn't going to work. You know, you guys aren't going to get figures out. We're not going to have figures from you. And it's almost it's almost like they go negative, like immediately somebody announces something. It's a toxic environment, right? Like what? I don't, yeah, I, but I don't get why, like, why does it have to be that way? Like just, you know, wait and see. Like I know power town caught a lot of flack, uh-huh. uh huh. you know, and I'm just like, let them try something. I mean, it happened. Here's bruiser Brody, you know, like I, I don't understand why, why it has to be like that, but I feel like that's kind of a trend we see with a lot of things in the world where everyone wants to be negative, I think, because it gets people and it gets people talking and you have people with a, you know, a voice saying negative things. Everyone kind of follows along. Oh, these aren't going to happen. You know, like, well, you don't know, like give them a shot. Like worst case scenario, you pre-order it. They'll probably refund your money. Yeah. And I've never heard of a company not doing that. mm -hmm. So, you know, like, so you pre-order series one and they cancel it. They'll give you your money back. Who cares? That's like with Sean Ng he hadn't even put up his pre-orders yet. No, he hasn't even taken people's money and people are like, Oh, you suck. You know, yeah. this, that, and the other thing, we're not going to get figures from you. And it's like, wait a second. You guys haven't even put your money down. There's no money at hand. You don't that have is- to order anything if you don't want it. Exactly. So uh, it's like, why do you need to go off on this guy? This I mean, He hasn't even taken money yet for pre-orders and you're already going in on him. Actually, I was going to bring him up. I'm glad you, you mentioned, Sean. Uh, what uh-huh. do you think about him doing the one-month uh, timeline for every figure in Wave 1? It's interesting. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something new. I'm, I don't know what to think about it because I've never, outside of Super 7, I've never really seen anything like that because for one individual figure. But at the same time, does that help break the money up instead of doing one lump sum you can do i i think his figures are 45 you can put 45 down one month you know save up a little bit money next month if you do want the next figure whether it's max moon or whoever you can mm-hmm. put that down and then save up a little bit again and then you know just keep going like that 
it doesn't hit the wallet as hard. I do exactly. Know that. Exactly. Um, it's hard to say. I think everyone's an individual basis. I don't know if you ever do the pay and force on online with like Klarna. Klarna, PayPal does it. I know Shop does it now. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, those are great. Like if if there's a big purchase you want and it's like say a hundred bucks, you're like, oh man, well I can do four. I can do four installments of twenty five. Okay, you know that's to me that's always been easier to manage, mm-hmm. and because you know, all right, in two weeks I'll get paid again, and you know I just have to remember that that money's coming out. But that to me has always been a little bit easier than uh, than one lump sum of a hundred dollars. So I don't think it's a bad idea, but we'll you know, we'll see what happens. I, I I I'm happy for what Sean's doing. I plan to order all four figures again. His his first wave lineup is pretty freaking solid man like it's a solid lineup of figures and it's got that obscure character of max moon that you love dude max moon mantar pn news i mean yoshi's the only one that's kind of like the most common but even that's kind of like he's not had a lot of figure representation he had a few mattels but not a lot did sean go to you to ask for his series one lineup out of curiosity he did not okay (laughs) i i definitely put my stamp of approval on it (laughs) Because when you got Max Moon, PN News, and Mantar, that's like Brian Breaker's wheelhouse right there. Dude, if he'd have thrown in, like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone, like, super obscure. I don't know, Oz or, or <laughs> the Diamond Stud. I'd have been like, dude, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I think I think it's great. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for it, man. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of companies doing a lot of stuff, but I think it's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And, again, like I try to tell people all the time, find your joy. If, you, if you're retroed out, don't order these. But... I'll tell you, FOMO's real. And you know, you're gonna be like, oh, I miss these, you know, yeah. but it is what it is. I'm curious because the Muhammad Ali was up for so long. Is there gonna be the FOMO on that figure? Possibly. You think so? Possibly. I think so because it's, you know, are we ever gonna see a Muhammad Ali in stores? It's hard to say. I know when the Mr. T was signed, they went all in on Mr. T, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have an ultimate i don't know if we've ever got a basic but we had a retro we had the superstars we had a masters of the wwe universe we had the elite two-pack with piper he had a lot of figures come out Mm -hmm. and zeus we haven't seen as many i'm actually really surprised they haven't put zeus in the superstars or retro line because i feel like he'd fit in both of those very very well yeah i think i think they will as long as the contract still keeps going but ali obviously going in the retro line makes sense but I don't know where else you put him. I mean, I guess they could do a superstars if they wanted to. Um, but I don't see Ali hitting a lot of stores either. So yeah, there could be FOMO there because there's not a lot of iterations of him. You can do, you do him as a boxer, you do him as a referee. What else is there? There's nothing else you can do. Right. So with it, without it ever being in storage, yeah, I could see it being a FOMO thing for sure. With Mr. T, you can put him in a uh, referee outfit. Yeah. They have a referee one coming out. Don't they? Yep. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking, like, I don't think they announced any Mr. T, but they sure did. So mm-hmm. they're still getting Mr. T in the line. That goes along with Teddy Long and John Cone. Yeah, I mean, lots of lots of referees happening. I know, good. dude. Oddly enough, my nephew popped huge for the referee. Oh, for Cone? Just for a referee specifically, oh. because he wants a referee figure. I have never thought about. It. I could order the FTC one for him. Mm-hmm. But he he likes to say it's and it's interesting how he plays, but he wants to have like the full setup. Mm-hmm. The referee he wants he put he actually will play their little entrance videos on his TV, which is right in front of where he sets his ring. So you'll see them when they walk out. 
Nice. Um, but it's like, you know, as a kid, I was like, I didn't care necessarily about a referee, but mm-hmm. like him, he was like, I want a referee. I want a referee. And like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, we can get that. And so when he saw the John Cone, he doesn't even know John Cone, but he was like, oh, they're making a referee. Like he was so <laughs> excited about that. The, which is funny because when we played with our LJNs back in the eighties, the referee always stayed on the outside because he took up space in the ring, which right. And yeah, exactly. Technicality. Yes. A referee does take up space in a ring, but for us, when it came to playtime, the referee always stayed on the outside. So when a pin attempt was happening, the referee would slide in and, you know, count one, two, and then we'd slide him back out and then continue playing. Yeah. I don't know how other kids used to play if they had a referee in their line or if they had a special guest referee or whatnot. I don't know how they did it, but that's how we did it with our LJNs. Which makes sense because, you know, the, the rings, although the LJN ring was big, there wasn't like a lot of room for a lot of guys to run around in there, you know, so mm-hmm. they weren't ever really totally to scale. So it, it does make sense to do it that way. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting how um, how now we're kind of getting those complete, you're able to kind of make a complete playtime area if you're if you're wanting to which is really fun i know a lot of people are asking for more announcers yeah they've asked for referees backstage announcers and announcers so we're getting pat mcafee um people want another michael cole people want AEW did that announcers line on ringside which is cool and i think they even did the uh, setup too yep they sure did uh so a lot of people are asking for announcers backstage announcers and referees well now with figure photography it makes sense like i know uh Nate from Ring Skirts told me he was really hoping on the Nitro stage that they did the uh, the the Nitro like announce booth because remember it was over to the side, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I don't know if obviously they can't do Shivani, correct? Yeah, they can do Heenan and um, Mike Tanay would probably be possible. I don't know, but definitely could do Dusty. I don't know if he announced Nitro as much, but he was always kind of an announcer on pay per views and things like that. So I think that would have been kind of a cool side piece but the if the stage isn't going to fund i don't know if that's going to push it over the edge or not well, one thing i was going to ask you about because i don't know if you've uh dove into this or not yet but the new show well it's not a new show it's on season two now but heels re-debuted on stars have you had a chance to watch heels yet i haven't i don't have stars and i and they keep showing ads for like six months for 20 bucks or something like that which is a hell of a deal yeah but i would be getting it for just one show Right, And then you're like, well, it's only 20 bucks, but that can be a figure that could be something to go to the house or whatnot. So I have not jumped in on, on it, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm pretty sure you can actually stream season one for free on stars. Now I I don't know that hundred percent, but I've heard that. And then, like you said, you can get it for like five bucks a month for three, three, three or six months or something for season two. The first episode aired, um, it's a show about pro wrestling and people don't know it's mm-hmm. about um, an independent pro wrestling, which is kind of a very specific niche of pro wrestling, which is kind of cool. There are elements of it that absolutely drive me crazy, <laughs> but then there's elements of it that are really fun. So I, I think it, it's cool to check out. Here's the thing that I found interesting. Never was really any heels action figures, which I thought was kind of a miss. Cause I'm like, man, you're doing a wrestling show. You need some representation. Granted, it's a TVMA show and it's it's got some dark elements, but uh, that has changed because Pro Wrestling Tees announced this week that Jack Spade, played by Stephen Amell, Mm -hmm. has a micro brawler up for pre-order over on Pro Wrestling Tees. Are you serious? Yeah. Did you get it? Oh, hell yeah, I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I pre-ordered it. Um, they they do it as like a two week pre-order is, uh-huh. is their deal. So that's fifteen dollars, not terribly expensive, but it kind of makes me wonder. They they're doing some more shirts for some of the characters and stuff like that. So I'm I'm kind of curious if they make the whole heels roster. Uh, obviously, a CM Punk plays Ricky Rabies, which is one of my absolute favorite names. I think that name is amazing. So I think he would be a fun micro brawler if they ever decided to do it. And then AJ Lee is also on that show too. She was doing uh, some in-ring work with CM Punk. Yes. Her character's name is El Dorado. Um, She wasn't on episode one. So I I assume she's coming up probably on episode two, which will be uh, on Fridays when the episodes air. So I'm looking forward to it. I I do enjoy the show. It's weird to me though. I talked to Daniel Cross about this on uh, the Rumble Wheel podcast. Like you'll see certain things look great, but then they lock up and like their footwork is just atrocious. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if that's just being too close to it. I don't know if people outside the business wouldn't be bothered by that. But when I see that, it absolutely drives me crazy. So what else did you notice that was driving you crazy? It's, It's mostly the footwork, but then it's also some of how the story involved i don't want to give away too much if people haven't seen it but it's, it's essentially it's about two brothers okay jack jack spade and ace spade ace is the younger brother that's got a lot more prospect to make it jack's kind of been around and um their dad has passed away but he kind of started this organization mm-hmm. essentially the small independent and um tell jack's kind of the guy that followed in his father's footsteps but never really had the adoration that his dad had for his brother because his brother was, you know, ace was had, you know, prospects of going to play pro football and things like that. I mean, he didn't make it, but it looked like he was going to. So I think the dad always kind of favored him more Mm -hmm. seemingly. And so there's definitely some jealousy between the two. And uh, anyway, like there's, there's a whole arc there where, you know, Jack's trying to turn ace into a heel and ace like, I don't want to be booed, man. I don't want to be booed. And I'm like, (laughs) never heard a wrestler say that in my life i've never even thought of someone thinking that most (laughs) wrestlers relish the idea of being a heel Mm -hmm. so it's there's elements of it that are definitely television-y you know if that makes sense yeah i know uh, my dad was a fireman for many years and back in the 90s and i don't remember what the show was called but there was a show on fox about firemen oh yeah yeah you remember that i remember oh man that's gonna drive me nuts ladder ladder something Maybe. Yeah, that may be it. And uh, there's this there, I remember there was a scene in the promo that they would air where the guy's in the, like the window of a, an apartment building. It looked oh. like and he jumps to the ladder like in full gear. She's <laughs> just like, yeah, that's not happening. And all of those guys were just like they hated it because it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of how this is where I'm like, OK, there's absolutely no way like this would happen or that would happen. <laughs> there are some aspects that are accurate, uh-huh. but other aspects that are just like, oh my God, you know, so, <laughs> but it, it is, I mean, it's a show about pro wrestling. We don't have those. So I think it's kind of cool. And if they're going to do some merchandising, I'm all for it. Yeah. That's a hell of funny. You're like picking it apart. Well, it, it, it's one of those things like most wrestling fans will understand this. You probably know when you see someone who doesn't, have the basics but you don't always realize it but things like a bad lockup drive mm-hmm. me insane bad footwork bad posture like all but again all that stuff kind of comes with like learning and learning your craft and being good at it and people telling you like hey keep your head up hey keep your chest out hey 
you know, don't do this with your hands. Don't do that with your feet because that was picked apart on me very early on because it was like, when you like when you lock up, it's very easy to hunch over, mm-hmm. but everyone's like, Hey, you're six, three, be six, three, keep your chest up, you know, keep your back straight. It's like, Oh, okay. makes me look taller. makes me look stronger. If I'm walking up with this, I look goofy looking. So mm-hmm. when I see them doing that on there, and like one of them supposed to be a veteran i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) it just it kind of makes me cringe but you know but then at the same time you'll see them do like up and overs in the corner or like a backdrop and like they actually looks like the actor's actually taking the bump from what i can tell i'm like oh Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool so there are elements i like elements i don't like but i I do want to keep watching the show that's like when i used to watch mighty ducks and i played hockey you cannot do a flying v that's not humanly possible there's no exactly there's no such thing as a knuckle puck get out of here (laughs) but at the same time i didn't play hockey so i'm like yeah flying v (laughs) and i think that's what they're going for they're going for that casual audience that doesn't know right yeah yeah (laughs) or or like the sandlot remember when smalls was trying to catch and he's like stick your glove glove up I'll take care of it. <laughs> Shut up, Benny. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> you gotta love Hollywood. Oh yeah. So that that's just kind of one of those things. But um, yeah, Heels is on Stars. Definitely not a show I would probably watch with the kids uh, around because it is adult, an adult oriented show. But uh, but it's definitely a, a fun show to check out for sure. Uh, I do want to rewind a little bit. Go back to Target. So mm-hmm. as I said, I've been out in Target. We went to Target yesterday. And I found their clearance section. And on the clearance section was Beast Man from He-Man. And it was only 10 bucks. Is this the Masterverse one? Masterverse. That's a $30 figure. That is a $30 figure breaker. When I found it for 10 bucks, I was like, "How? here I go. Now I've got to figure out how I'm going to get it home. Do I even need this? Because my other Masterverse figures are sitting in a huge pile. Mm-hmm. So then... My coworker starts going, yeah, you need that, man. Add influence. And I'm like, I, you're right. I do need this. So I ended up buying Beastman from the Masterverse. Then I walked around the corner and they had the Razor Ultimate where he was in uh, with had the yellow vest. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It's an excellent figure, but I already had the purple one. I didn't mm-hmm. need I didn't need this one. And he goes, well, it's on clearance. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you need it. And I was like, well, I've already got the purple one. I don't need this one. And he goes, no, 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 you do need this. And I'm like, crap, I think you're right because it's such a great figure. I think I do need this. So then I had to lug home a Razor Ultimate, for, but I got it for 16 bucks. Literally, my total was 30 bucks for the two figures after taxes and everything. So essentially, it was a buy one, get one free. Basically. So, I mean, it is a good deal. I, I, I totally get what you're, what you're saying because I think the other day I bought one of the Masterverse figures. It was... One of those Sunman characters, like Pighead or Pigface, whatever mm-hmm. his name is, mm-hmm. and it was ten dollars. And I was like, "Oh, I don't know." There's something about that clearance that you're like, "Oh, I need to buy this." <laughs> I need to and, get and this. Speaking, and speaking of like when we were talking about the the Remco style, if you're into the superstars, a lot of mine at Walmart are down to seven dollars right now. Are they? Yeah. So like, if you're missing Undertaker or any of those, like seven bucks, that's not a that's not a bad deal. Well, thanks to uh, Travis, I have the whole, what is this? The fourth series with Typhoon, Mr. T. Thanks to Travis. Because even in Colorado, I didn't even see that one. I haven't seen those either. But again, my pegs have been so clogged with figures. It's been been rough. Like right now, we're expecting to get a new superpowers wave to come in soon. Oh. And, And like my pegs at Walmart are full 
of series three. Mm-hmm. So, and then like, there's, um, there's a couple of vehicles they made in, in wave one, they made the supermobile, which is like Superman's plane that had the fist that did this, yep. which is kind of cool. And then like the bat wing, which is like a small Batman plane, both those are 30 bucks. And I have not seen any of them move in months. So I'm waiting on clearance for that. Cause I'd like to get the bat wing. That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need a lot of vehicles, but I'm like, yeah, if they go, if it goes down to $10, I'll pick it up. Have you checked out Mercari or eBay? I have not. Okay. Um, you might be able to find it for cheaper on there. Just a shot. No, it's not, it's not even that I really wanted it. It's just that if it goes on clearance, I'll pick it up type of thing, you know, yeah. like, eh, $10 I'll grab it. But other than that, I'm like, I'm good. I'm mostly, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I don't really need the vehicles. I just want, you know, the figures, but it is kind of cool to grab stuff like that sometimes. And then when you get it, get some fishing wire, hang it from right above your podcasting room. And yeah, just right have it da- yeah exactly i'm looking in the back and you can have it dangling down and stuff oh that would be kind of fun actually uh, yeah just giving you ideas oh yeah for sure it's it's kind of crazy how when you buy this stuff like you said you kind of just end up you're not sure where to put it or what to do with it right like that's i think that's always been a problem with collecting mm-hmm. like where do you stop like <laughs> how many things do you actually need like one of my good friends named jason he lives out here locally i i saw something he wanted the other day and it's been a while back and I was like, Hey, you need this? And he responded back, goes, No, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. That's basically collecting in a nutshell right there. Uh well, man, uh, we probably it's probably about time to dive into some mousetrap. Um I'm gonna look up mousetrap real quick because there's not probably a ton of information on it, but and we mentioned this at the top of the show, man. This was the absolute like game that you had to have as a kid, right? Like mm-hmm. I wanted to play mouse. I, I still, to this day, I don't think I've ever played mouse trap in my whole life. <laughs> Same here, dude. Cause as I said, at the beginning of the show, my friends were always like, no, nah, we don't want to play. We don't play Nintendo or let's go outside and play basketball or baseball. This is insane. I'm looking it up right now. Mouse trap first debuted in 1963. It was before this eighties. So that means this game has now been around for 60 years. Man, I thought it was only around for like 40 or something. Yeah, it says here it's two to four players. The setup time is five to 15 minutes. I call bullshit. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I don't I don't know. And then the playing the actual game is about 30 minutes. So, um, so, for, so I watched a video, and I don't know if you ever heard of the Cinemasker, Massacre guy. Um mm-hmm. He used to do a lot of retro Nintendo games and he would he was the angry video game nerd. Okay, yes, I've seen him. So he did a video on Mousetrap. AVN, I remember him. Yep. And I watched a video where he kind of covered Mousetrap. Again, never playing the game. The setup time was ridiculously long. And it said for like ages six and up, but there's right. no way a six-year-old would figure all that out. It would take right. him like it would take him an hour to figure that out that's like me trying to cook on those home prep meals that they send you all the food and everything they're all cooking oh time. yeah like blue apron <laughs> yeah cooking time 25 minutes hour 25 minutes later i'm still cutting up onions <laughs> yeah exactly it's it sounds good but it's like yeah that's not accurate at all. yeah exactly uh but no so mousetrap was not a game i ever had and like i always felt like my my family when I was young we were pretty big into board games we played mm-hmm. a lot of board games and um, that was always one I always wanted but my parents were like no 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 let's get let's get an easier more simplistic one let's play let's get sorry let's get the game of life let's get Clue and uh, I think just because Mousetrap seems so 
almost childish mm-hmm. yeah, as it were, but man, it was always one I wanted to play. So when I was watching that guy's video, there was one thing he said in order to unleash the mouse trap, you have to get one mouse into the circle that's under the trap, but you also have to have one other mouse hit one spot on the board. Like what are the odds that this one spot is going to get hit? Right. And then once that mouse is under the trap and the other mouse is on that one square, you can release the trap and that's it. And that's how the game ends. But basically you're setting up everything for that one final part where you see the, uh, the ball bearing go down the little line, hit something, go through a little tub that has a hole in it, hit something else with a guy, like a little army guy type deal, do a flip into a bucket and then the trap drops. That's the one thing you're waiting for. And when it finally does happen, I guess all the kids throw their arms up and like, yeah, you know, celebrate. But the thing is like, again, if you're missing a piece, you can't do this. Right. Uh huh. I think that's the, uh, that's the big problem with, uh, with games like that. So um, I don't know. Like, do you ever, when you're at like Walmart target, looking at toys, and we, we all probably do this, right? Usually it's like if you're buying groceries or something, it's like a quick scan on the action figure aisle. Then you go and buy what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Do you ever look at other stuff and just kind of browse what else they have? Like, for instance, board games. I don't I don't look at them as much anymore. I feel like every now and then I'll, I'll venture the aisle, but um, I haven't looked at board games in a long time. Um, sometimes I do. I'll look at the puzzles board game area. Mm-hmm. Checking to see if there's maybe a board game that kind of catches my attention. There hasn't been many. They all look too complicated. And this stage of my life, I'm not all about complication. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'd see some and then I'll pick up a $10 puzzle and put that together, you know, just kind of like a mind release type thing. But I haven't found any games outside of what's Cards Against Humanity. That game oh, is a, that game is a lot of fun when you get a party going. But not many others that have really come out that have really caught my attention. I bought one that was like $10 and it was called pass the pig. Okay. We did not understand that game. We threw it away. We're like, this is terrible. I, uh, so my family used to play, we don't do it as much anymore just because the family got so big and everyone kind of does their own thing. But as I'm, you know, one of the grandkids and as we got older, you know, they kind of stopped doing Christmas presents for all the grandkids. Cause now there's like a bunch of great grandkids. Right. Yeah. It's on my mom's side of the family. So I made the suggestion of like, what if we played Dirty Santa and everyone bought a $15, $20 gift? Not necessarily a bad gift, but just some type of gift. And we played this game as like a a way to do presents without it being like everyone shows up and eats and leaves, you know? Mm -hmm. So my mom thought it was a good idea. And I found that board games is usually a pretty good gift Mm -hmm. to put in there because you can usually get one for about that price. And it's kind of universal to anybody. Like anyone can enjoy a, a board game. And, uh, I remember putting in a board game one year and my cousin got it. It was the logo game. And what it is, is it'll show you a logo. Say Pepsi is pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. And you have to guess what is this? Okay. But the, the name's taken out or Taco Bell, pretty iconic logo. Okay. And, and, and it sounds easy. Like it, it sounds like, oh, that's, that's so simple. I would know Taco Bell. I would know Pepsi. No problem. Right. But then they start throwing some at you and you're like, I have no idea. Like, I know that, but I have no idea what it is. It's actually, (laughs) that's actually a pretty fun game if anyone's ever played it. Oh, wow. I've never even heard of that game. Yeah. I I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember 
you know, a few of us got that and started playing it. I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. But, you know, the thing is with like those party games, like they're really fun, but it's like, how often do you actually play them? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a fun idea, but to play once a year, you're like, okay, like, yeah, do we need this? And now like, there's so much stuff on your phone, you know, you don't totally always need, you know, games to keep in the closet and stuff. Yeah. Is it worth bringing it, buying it and bringing it out for friends giving, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Did you ever, uh, did you ever play the game gestures back in like the nineties or two thousands? No, I never played that one. So that was a fun, I know we're not talking about mousetrap, but that game was fun. It kind of looked like a, I don't know what they're called, but like the a movie set clacker, you know, action. Yeah. Uh-huh. Scene marker. Uh, yeah. Scene marker. Right. Um, that it's what it looked like. And you put four cards in and basically, um, you would hit the clacker and that would start the timer. And so you I, had to act out the first thing. So I've, I never played it, but I saw the commercials for it. Yeah. It was actually, it was harder than it looked because if you didn't, the, the idea was you, you act out the first thing, which let's say it's swimming. So you're like trying to swim or whatever. And someone has to guess it. If they guess it right, you pull the card out. Uh-huh. If they don't get it, the card will suck down to the bottom after Got a certain it. amount of time so that's how you get your points actually kind of a fun game almost like charades i guess in a way but but definitely fun so who had to do the jackass stunt that would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i'm johnny knoxville welcome to jackass <laughs> <laughs> man i was just watching one of those movies the other day gosh oh. dang it, it's it's like the most cringy yet most hilarious thing ever like it's- so funny. Jackass 2 it will always be one of the most harshest movies I've ever seen because when Steve-O sticks the fish hook into his cheek. <laughs> oh, dude, that's the one that, you know, you're, I can handle them, I don't know, putting minnows in their trunks and then sharks coming up and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, Steve-O put the fish hook into his cheek, dude. That was one of the... Oh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Well, and then that, that movie, that's actually the one I watched, oddly enough, and that movie that final scene where the dude is pretending to be like a terrorist. Oh, and the yes. way they make his beard, which I'll <laughs> leave that to the imagination. If you don't know, it might be the most like disturbing thing. <laughs> like, and afterwards he's like, it's in my mouth. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, so disgusting. I got to like, watch that's that. like, that's one of those things where it's like, that's not even, that's so bad. It's almost like not even funny. I know. Like so, so wrong. <laughs> I got to go watch it now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that those are definitely some definitely some funny movies. But uh, going back to like, I mean, obviously with Mousetrap, you get a whole cavalcade of of other board games. Do you feel like board game popularity has dropped at all? Oh, I mean, yeah. I still see them all at the stores, though. Like, but it's never anything new. It's always kind of the same stuff. Yeah, I've, I've seen it decline big time. I mean, we don't see as many clues out there. I mean, and as yeah. many um, different variations of Monopoly. You still got quite a few, but like it's definitely decreased from the days of, oh, we're going to buy every property kind of like Funko, you know, mm-hmm. and then we're going to make a board game out of it. And, you know, it, the ABC Friday night lineup and Full House will be Broadway or something, like that, you know. Yeah. But we definitely don't see that as much anymore where the properties aren't as prevalent nowadays it's interesting but again like i said i think with uh, i remember having a nintendo ds back in the day and they actually made board game games Mm -hmm. like you could buy trouble and battleship and all those for your ds so it's like well you don't really need 
actual battleship because you can just play it on your your game here. Which mm-hmm. battleship was another really fun one. Did you ever do you enjoy oh, that one? I loved battleship. So so easy. I mean, you know, miss miss. Yeah, you're cheating and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely a, a a fun game. Um, but yeah, man, mousetrap will always go down to me as like the ultimate like game I never played. So it's kind of it's kind of a bittersweet thing because like I think we we all enjoy it, but like not a lot of not a lot of memories of it either. So one of the things I definitely remember, and I kind of mentioned this last week, is I would go over to my buddy's house, Sean's house. And he would be like, hey, let's go play video games. And I was like, oh, let's play Mousetrap. And then next thing you know, his mom's like, hey, Sean, need you to take the garbage out. I need you to fold your clothes or bring your clothes out from the laundry or whatnot. So Sean would be like, oh, I've got to go do this. So I'd be sitting in his room and I'd grab Mousetrap. And I was like, okay, how do I put this together? Yeah, I kind of need Sean to show me. I'm one of those visual learners. Sean would get back and he would have all of his clothes folded and everything in Next thing I know, I barely have the basket up on the uh, up on the thing. So he's like, "All right, you ready to go play basketball? You ready to go play baseball? You ready to go play Nintendo?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I never got to play it. Yeah, but I think it'll always go down as like one of the most iconic games that everyone remembers. It's just one that probably most of us remember the commercial more than actually playing it. Which yes, that's that's another thing too. And I know this is a little off topic, but I want to bring it up here: toy commercials. We don't see those as much anymore, but man. I lived for toy commercials back in the day. So are they still on Nickelodeon? Like, hey, buy Play-Doh or hey, here's the you, new. You know, every every now and then as a guilty pleasure, I'll watch some uh, Nickelodeon shows on Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and they will air them mm-hmm. on their Play-Doh. I've seen other toys, um, but that's really about it. it. It's one of those things like that always got me hyped for something, right? Like, oh, man. I got I got to get this new Play-Doh set. Oh, I got to get Nickelodeon Gak. Oh, I got to get, you know, whatever it might be. Like yep. this looks so cool cuz they do such a good job of hyping that stuff. Where you're like, I really want to play this. I want to check it out. Yeah. And that was the best thing back in the day is, hey, here's the new Nerf gun or something like mm-hmm. that. And you're like, "Oh, or Super Soaker." And you're like, "Oh, I need a Super Soaker," you know. Yeah. And- those commercials really spoke to us. Winner oh. is better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that was the thing that really spoke to us kids was, you know, the those toys and those toy commercials. But again, there's that there's that gap in age nowadays where a lot of kids are like, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are on commercial. I'm going to look on my phone or mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm going to get distracted by something else. And they're not paying attention to the commercial mate because we didn't have much. We were just sitting there. They were like, all right, what will Batman do? Wait till we get back from commercial. And then you'd watch the commercials. Nowadays, yep. kids have something else to distract them during commercials. Well, I even remember back in the 2000s, wanting to okay me and my friends are going to a movie i wanted to make sure i saw all the new movie trailers because mm-hmm. it's always like oh you can't miss those now they're all like they're they all debut on youtube right mm-hmm. like i don't i don't need to go to the theater early we'll get there right when it starts you know like <laughs> yep don't even worry about it because you know that's not a, a necessary thing so it has changed a lot I, I do know that but and again now we have things like sdcc we have things like you know, Instagram doing the reveal days. Like, hey, we're doing a bunch of GI Joes today. Like, that's always kind of one of those things that we look forward to as collectors. But yeah, I'll always miss toy commercials because I felt like that was a big part. I mean, even McDonald's toy commercials. Yes. Like that was always like, oh, I wonder what the what the new toy is. You're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's this. I don't care about that. And then like 
this week we're doing spider-man You're like oh man they're doing spider-man toys you know like it was always kind of cool to see the new thing yep so i did talk to scott about mousetrap and he said that our so our parents sent us for the first few years to a christian school they sent us this christian school and what the way it was laid out is all the parents would walk to the front of the building and drop off their kids and the front of the building had this huge huge indoor play area and they stocked it with toys they stocked it with games they stocked it with board games even so scott says he remembers that he always wanted to play mousetrap but the pieces were missing mm -hmm. And he said, I never got to play Mousetrap fully because every single time mom and dad would drop us off, we, I would go into that front room and I'd meet up with all my friends and then we'd sit down and we'd grab a board game or we would uh, go back in color or something like that. And he goes, but whenever we grabbed Mousetrap, the pieces were always missing. He goes, I never got to play Mousetrap because of that reason. You know, and, and nowadays it's interesting because I think if you had Mousetrap, and you were missing, say, a piece, you could probably find it online, mm -hmm. right? Like most likely. But back in in the eighties, nineties, whenever this was, you know, more prevalent, you're buying a whole new game. Yeah. And and how many parents are going to be like, okay, we'll buy you a whole new game because you're missing one piece? You know, like that's not going to happen. So yeah, that that definitely is, I think, going to be the curse of Mousetrap is that missing pieces. That's definitely mm -hmm. an issue. Well, there was definitely a lot of pieces to be missing on that. Mm -hmm. yeah but you know i think it'll always go down as one of the more popular games too which is which is fun yeah all because of the commercial probably exactly and and it had probably one of the coolest commercials ever as mm -hmm. far as a toy where you're just like remember the catchphrases it's the craziest game you'll ever see and i was just like oh, i want to play this so bad <laughs> <laughs> good times man um so I, for next week, I have a fun idea for a toy line to throw at you. I've been trying to get it on the show for a long time. Okay. It's never won a poll. Travis never picked it, but I think you'll dig this. Okay. The Jim Carrey mask movie action figures. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Do you remember these at all? Oh, absolutely, man. These were all over the Toys R Us pegs over at Dublin and Hayward all the time. KB Toys too. Oh, I, I thought these were great. And and I was never like super big on like movie action figures because usually it was just kind of like the same character over and over. But the mask had so many different costumes in that movie. Mm -hmm. They kind of hit all of those. I remember the the first scene where he uh, he, he kind of first becomes the mask and he, uh, you know, screams at his neighbor and his eyes bug out. I had that figure and you could push this lever on his back and his eyes and tongue would pop out. It was just it was amazing. So much fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they make the dog with the mask? They did. He came with one of the uh, figures. Okay. I know I'm, I could save this for next week, but I'll just tell this one. I remember I wanted that figure of the dog with the mask. I finally found it and I was like, eh, I don't really need it. And I walked past it to this day. I was kind of like, that'd be cool to have, you know, cause I've thought about it a couple of times when I've watched the movie mask on back and watch rewatched it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I wish I could get that dog. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I've got eBay. And then I'm like, eh, do I really want to spend the money? And you start yeah. talking yourself out of it. It's it's, it would be kind of a fun standalone line to get a couple of these again, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any currently. I remember the one that I always wanted was it was Stanley in the yellow suit from mm. from the that more iconic scene uh -huh. and he, he his head flipped kind of like the power rangers figure she could go 
from Stanley to the mask. And then the bad guy, Dorian Tyrell, his figure did the same thing. So he's in a tuxedo, but you could go from his regular head to the to the evil mask head, which I always thought that was kind of cool. Um, yep. Yeah, but these these figures are definitely a lot of fun. It'll be fun to kind of go over it again. I can't wait for it. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. So uh, thank you guys for checking out the TV Toycast. Make sure to listen to Fully Posable every Sunday with Jeff and Scott over there. Um, I'm sure you guys are are having a a lot of fun talking all about the SDCC stuff. Um, I'm curious though, is it kind of like when kind of like this show, is it kind of hard when when a big thing like that happens and like now it's like, okay, no more news. So it's like, I, it's such a niche show. Is that sometimes kind of hard to find the right topics, I guess? A little bit, but I'll tell you, it's gotten a lot easier with everything that's happening between Rush, KWK, mm-hmm. uh, Zombie. There's always something. Mattel, Jazz, where there's always something. I will be honest, when we started the show and it was only Mattel and FTC, yeah, it was tough, man. Like, you would be, like, scrambling for something, like, trying to find the littlest of things. Yeah. But nowadays, it's it's not as hard with all the companies. Well, there's always something happening. There's always some news somewhere or some tease or something, so you can usually pull something out. But, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of crazy to think that that wasn't that long ago that when FTC came around, that was the second toy company, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of wrestling figures, and now there's so many. It's like, wow. Yes, exactly. It's like there's so much going on right now between Powertown, and I just named off a bunch of them, but there's always something going on, and you're just like, when is it going to have that slow news week like we were having back in 2016, 17, 18? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think. Like, even now, I would imagine with these companies, it's probably tough to put stuff up for pre-order, not wanting to be competition to other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if Powertown puts up series two, you're like, Oh, I don't want to put mine up today because yep. you know, people are going to choose one or the other and I could lose out on some business. So I think we're at a, at a point now, people now almost need to get a dedicated wrestling figure credit card <laughs> <laughs> to cover all these, uh, all these purchases. Cause it gets out of control, man. That's a hell of an idea. I think I'm going to start a credit card company and it has nothing but action figures on it. <laughs> I'm going to file hunts. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> that was that episode of The Office. Like, you, you know, Michael just yelling it out. That does, that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> Good stuff. But uh, thank you guys for checking out the TV toy cast. Make sure to check out our t-shirts over at Public or What a Maneuver and grab yourself a fully posable shirt too over on pro wrestling tees or what a maneuver check out all of our buddies we have a lot of cool podcasting partners out there so check them out as well uh, anything else you want to add man no not at all man good show this week i uh, actually enjoyed talking a little uh, board game over there it brought back a lot of memories it does well i think that's what's cool about this show you know is uh you know when i told travis like what the first first weird episode i did was the Viewmaster, mm-hmm. and we had so much fun with that because that, that wasn't really on my agenda so to speak it's like you know we're not going to do action figures only but talking about the view master or guess who or things like that has been fun because it's like huh that was kind of cool like we Mm -hmm. didn't didn't expect to talk about it but it was a lot of fun when you kind of dive into the memories so many memories of the view master so lame i mean it really was but we thought it was awesome oh it was great that spindle of discs or whatever with the uh the screen captures on them having knight rider dukes of hazard uh uh a team oh man it was there's there's a wwf set on ebay oh really 
yeah, I saw it the other day. I was like, ooh, don't don't need that. <laughs> Let's pull it back a little bit. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but I would definitely remember yeah. the Fall Guy and all those. Oh yeah, it, it, and it was popular. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about is like how many, like there was a whole aisle of those. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy to think, you know. It's like, wow, that was that popular, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was a big deal. Yep, sure was. All right, thank you guys for checking out the TV Toy Cast, and we will see you in the toy aisle.